This is BookCareers.com Live, the podcast about careers in book publishing for people who are looking for a job, building a career, or who want to do their current job better. I'm your host, Suzanne Collier, the founder of BookCareers.com, and it's my job to solve career problems relating to the book world. If you're looking for a job in book publishing, do check out the bookcareers.com website for all our services. There is bound to be something to help you through your current situation. We have a newcomers job club, a professionals coaching group, offer help with CVs covering letters, applications and interviews, run a one day how to job search in book publishing course, as well as support people through redundancy or even wanting to career change out of book publishing. Visit bookcareers.com or book into our careers clinic via the website or my email as always is Suzanne at bookcareers.com. Hello and welcome to episode 233 of bookcareers.com live. This week it's the Frankfurt Book Fair, the premier international trade show for the world of book publishing. It's where publishers, agents, print companies and booksellers and publishing service companies of all shapes and sizes from around the globe go to meet and do business. Lots of other companies visit too, people from across film, TV, games, digital, all to do business. And most of the business done during Frankfurt includes selling copies, rights and licenses in their books and authors, buying rights and licenses, selling services, discussing current trends and developments and new ventures. And very often, the success of Frankfurt Book Fair for a publisher can be gauged for months afterwards. Usually, if a publisher has a very successful fair, they will come back and potentially, if they, depending on their plans, create new jobs. Or if they have a poor Frankfurt That is where they might say, well, actually, for the next year, we might need to cut back on jobs. For those working for publishers, the colleagues across rights and international sales are likely to be there, along with the literary agents that editorial work with. The whole book fair lasts for five days, from Wednesday to Sunday, with conferences on the days before. But a fair number of publishing staff tend to only go for three days, the Wednesday to Friday, leaving the hardcore there over the weekend. As you can imagine, it is ridiculously expensive to send staff to Frankfurt. So if you're on the outside looking in, don't feel like it's a benchmark of how important your job is. Your employer is likely to only send staff who must be in Frankfurt. For me, my first trip to Frankfurt was 16 years into my publishing career, even though I'd spent many years working in sales, including on export sales. And then it was for three days. One year, my employer of the time only sent me for two days one night hotel star stay because of cost. 
now I'm in business for myself. I tend to go once every four to five years, so I think I'm due to go in 2024. This is because most of my business and conversations happen in the bar at the end of the day or by walking around the exhibition halls and seeing people in passing. I'm of the belief that if you don't need to go to Frankfurt, then really your time is better spent elsewhere. So this episode is geared at you, those of you who are not in Frankfurt while your boss or senior colleagues are, or just a general chit chat for when your boss or line manager is away for a few days and you are left alone. Obviously, remote working has made an impact on a number of working practices in that often you're no longer under the watchful eye of your boss. But even so, there are ways in which you are still attached and expected to do things when they say or want rather than when you want. But you can be assured that during the Frankfurt Book Fair, if your boss is there, they should be so busy with wall-to-wall meetings that hopefully you get some time to do the work that you want to do. This isn't a case of when the cat is away, the mice will play. It is about even if you have huge deadlines this week, you're able to breathe a sigh of relief and play whatever catch-up you need to do in your own way. This also applies to non-Frankfurt weeks or any other time when your boss takes a holiday. I like to think I'm an expert on this because from time to time I had to work around line managers who were quite controlling. At one time I had a boss who would go and spend time on the golf course doing business and this was before mobile phones and I knew as soon as he had a golf day that was a day which in theory I had to myself. I would get in early and start work on the business of the day and take a slightly longer lunch hour to go to the gym, knowing he wasn't around. Except one time I got caught out and he phoned in twice to check on me. That is not fair, please. If you're a boss, don't do that. It really isn't fair. As long as the work is all done within a reasonable time, then please trust your colleagues and give them a sense of responsibility. So here are a few tips whenever you find yourself with an absent boss. Number one, the boss being away isn't automatically an excuse to turn up late, take three hours for lunch and leave early. Although you might give yourself some flexibility throughout the day, Nothing says you can trust me more than not taking advantage of their absence. Of course, if you were planning a lunch with friends, this could be the week to do it. Or if you wanted a lie in one day after being out on a school night or to leave slightly early to go out on a school night, then do this. But please don't do it every day. Let them trust you. Number two. Make a list of the work you must have done by the time the boss gets back. 
but also make a list of the work you would like to have done whilst the boss is away. Then put it all into your calendar and map it out during the week. So you're mapping out what each day and what tasks you plan to do each day. From this, you'll instantly be able to see what you're likely to achieve versus what you want to achieve. I do this weekly. It keeps me on track. So as well as a longer project plan, on Fridays, I make a list of all the work or projects that need to be advanced by the following Friday. Then I put it into my calendar and schedule it out and realise I haven't got a hope in hell of doing everything. So I cut back and choose the most essential tasks and move those forward. So if you put them all into your calendar and plan them out and realised, hey, this is never going to happen, then choose the most essential tasks and move those forward. Number three is choosing the tasks to action versus the tasks you drop. When you're choosing what to action, go by two things. Firstly, the time sensitive tasks, the things that have to be done immediately or by a particular day and the quick wins. Things you can get off your desk within a few minutes. And secondly, chase the money. And this is something I always recommend to anyone who is given a prioritisation test for an interview. Chase the money. And the money might not always be visible. For example, when you have a book jacket to check and sign off, there are other people in the critical path or food chain who are waiting for this to be signed. Colleagues are sitting around waiting for you to do something, be it sign, off, uh, sign something off, update a spreadsheet, send an email instruction. Colleagues sitting around waiting for you all cost money. The same as orders which need to be processed. Paying money out is also often a major priority. Authors who don't get paid their advances on time, might be reluctant to say published by your company. So this is also a major priority. Especially when the author can go on social media and innocently ask, does this publisher always pay their advances on time or should I be chasing? Doesn't look good, does it? Number four. Regardless of time or deadlines, choose one non-urgent project which is best done when the boss is away and which will make you feel good. The non-urgent project could be taking the time to work on a project where you know you are so far behind it is embarrassing and you can easily play catch up and get on top of things whilst the boss is away. Or it could be by taking the afternoon to train in the piece of software you are always struggling or reorganise some files on the server or even tidy your desk or upload things to the internet. But the key is, whilst you might not enjoy doing the task, 
make sure it's a task that once completed, you are so pleased it is done and it brings a smile to your face. Number five, and I think you're expecting this one. If you think you're thinking of moving job soon, this week is a good time to update your CV. Now, don't be daft about it. Don't do it in work time and try not to use your work computer for this. But if you have to use your work computer because you don't own your own computer, if your Word documents go into a shared server or company bank, ensure it is saved locally on your computer, password protected and not called CV. The good thing is the boss not being around gives you time to go through the tasks you do and write them in an actionable way for your CV. And episode 184 of this podcast, writing a book publishing CV, should give you some tips on doing this. Your boss being away also gives you some time to job search. Again, don't do it on the company Wi-Fi. Whether you are advised or not, and you should be advised in your contract of employment, what tracking your employer is doing, always be as secretive as possible about any potential job search. I have lots of conversations about this. More often than not, if your boss finds out you're looking for another job, they far often they will be pleased to see you go, even if they think you're doing a good or brilliant job. And this is true. Now, they might not like the disruption that you leaving will cause, but very often the attitude is, look, you're brilliant at your job, but if you don't like it here, it's time for you to move on. So always be secretive about your job search with your boss and colleagues, unless you know all your colleagues are looking for a job too. In one publisher I worked for, we formed an escape committee and eight of us got jobs in a very short space of time by working together on this. But that's a story for another day. If you're thankful your boss is away and you're wondering what is next in your career, or if you wish you had a boss or some sort of meaningful publishing work, then please book into our careers clinic. This is an excellent week to do so as we have a number of daytime slots free. Go to the bookcareers.com website and click the button book a call. Or my email, as always, is suzanne at bookcareers.com. Now it is your opportunity to join in the live discussion. You can find us across social media using the hashtag bookcareers or on Twitter at bookcareers or me personally, Suzanne Collier. Or visit our own platform at bookcareers.com slash live. Thank you for listening. May you all be doing a job you love and being paid the salary that you so richly deserve.